Rise Up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. <laughs> and we are back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. In the house tonight, we got Zach McCain and we got T. Brooks. What is up, my fellas? How are y'all doing tonight? Well, Stan, I have a beef with you because I listened to your podcast the other night. I got called out a couple times about AJ Terrell. So I don't know. We might need to talk about that tonight. Oh, it was so calm during the pregame, the pre-show bullpen session. As soon as I'm talking about, we had three seconds since this recording, and Todd done a, done took off the boxing gloves. Zach, how you doing tonight? Let's get that out of the way. How I'm you doing, doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, Todd's yeah. Uh, coming in. Guns hot, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Flying low. I've got to. I've got to be more dramatic on air than I am when I'm. We're doing a little pre-show. <laughs> Okay, so Todd, speak your speak your piece. I, I mean, I obviously have stuff out in the universe that says that AJ Terrell was a good player. Uh, the all the caveat is always that you know, I'll let you talk for yourself, but I understand where you're coming from, your point of view. But is with, speaking in absolutes that AJ Terrell, AJ Terrell actually you know played well his rookie season. So uh, say what you got to say, Todd. Well, yeah, I mean, he did play well his rookie season, but, I mean, the point was is that he was a reach for a draft pick. And you did get the ESPN article that I sent you earlier today, correct? I did. So I did. ESPN went ahead and they did a redraft. Right. And A.J. Terrell actually dropped to the 25th pick in their redraft. To the Vikings. To Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he went to Minnesota. So, uh, we picked up the linebacker. I mean, I was- come on. Isaiah Simmons from Clemson? Yeah, Isaiah Simmons. So, either way, we were going to get a Clemson player according to that draft. But I'm, I'm just saying that he's not this number one overall pick that you have portrayed him to be throughout the season. Now, I'm, I'm, that's all I'm saying. Easy. Let's not over – let's not just over-exaggerate number one overall. Like, I – you know, I clearly – but he is a first-round draft pick, and he did play well. I mean, Zach, where are you, where are you at on this, Zach? You got to be the tiebreaker yeah. here. Well, I mean, the, the thing is when – it's all about expectations. When you draft a corner in the first round, do you expect them to be immediately like a shutdown corner? I feel like that it's harder for cornerbacks to come in fresh out of college and have that shutdown impact, whereas like a you know a receiver could, could do that. I mean, Calvin Ridley, I felt like, came in um, with the skill set to be potentially a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was sitting behind Julio. But, again, I think it's all about expectations. I, I don't think that – me personally, I didn't expect him to come in and be a shutdown, but I did expect him to come in and start. And so he fulfilled my expectations as a uh, as a first round pick. Maybe again, maybe and I'm to play devil's advocate. He may not have been my choice as our first right. round draft pick, right. but I feel like he uh, met expectations for a first round pick. So how do you feel about taking another corner right there at four? Spending Ooh. two first round picks on on back to back on corners. That that would be a tough sell for me. I mean, the, I, I've said all along that I want a defensive lineman. And I think I'm pretty much sticking to my guns on on that. All right. I mean, we creep forward every week. You know. You know, getting closer to the draft. So. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm saying a hard no to that. Period. No more cornerbacks. I think we're good with what we have. We just need to be able to put some more pressure 
on the uh, quarterback. So we do need some defensive linemen. However, I don't think there really is one in this draft that you should take in the in the top half either. So I don't I don't really think that kind of player is out there for us right now. Right. Um. So doing some uh, YouTube and watching the Senior Bowl. Um. There are a couple of names that played well during the senior, senior bowl, but like some value names that you can get in later rounds, not have to spend that pick. Um, the kid from, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Wake Forest, the guy from Wake Forest. Um, there's a couple of defensive ends that, what I'm saying is, it's really showed you something. The senior bowl played against actual, you know, high level talent and all that stuff. So I think that. This, like we said all along, that this, there's only one, maybe two top 10 projected defensive players in the draft. Maybe, maybe two, like the, the linebacker from um, Pitt State, and then Patrick Sertan wow. sometimes from uh, Alabama sometimes gets right. But like I'm saying, that the defensive end is not as, you know, high premium as it has been in the past. So, um, but I did some research and the, between Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, they have picked, I mean, obviously Arthur Smith has never been a general manager. I understand that, but in his tenure, they've picked um, in their first round draft picks, they picked 11 offensive linemen between the two of them since 2000, 2011. So I could see, I could see them going offensive line. They've picked of, of the big names, Taylor uh, Luan and for Arthur Smith in 2014 and Isaiah Wilson in 2020. Uh, and then for the saints with um, <clears throat> Terry Fontenot, a bunch of names I've never heard of, but they, one of these guys was a pro bowler. So, um, and, Andrews Pete and Ryan Ramsnick. I don't know what I'm saying. There's precedent there. They could go, they could go uh, offensive lineman. How would you feel as a Falcons fan? Not as a podcaster, not as a, someone who, you know, reads Falcons news every day, but like as a Falcons fan, how would you feel about taking an offensive tackle at that spot? Um, I mean, it's a need. I mean, it, it's definitely a need, but uh, you know, I've kind of just really attached myself to the quarterback race right now. Although, I mean, you're right. Justin Fields could be gone with that fourth pick, especially if Deshaun Watson gets traded and then Houston, like, gets into that number two spot and they take whatever quarterback they want. So, they might leave one less quarterback on the board. But I really want a quarterback right now just because I think we need to solidify the future. Um, I'm kind of just going to say next year is kind of a wash anyway. I'd say, you know, you're looking toward 2022. Interesting. We need to go over that later on of what your expectations are for 2021. But uh, what what about you, Zach? I'll let you jump in on that. Uh, what? How would you feel as a, as Zach McCain, the fan, for selecting a, like an offensive not the name out of it, but that that position. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I haven't really thought about that recently, but Todd's right. I mean, it is a need, and so I wouldn't necessarily be be upset about it. But I feel like every other year the Falcons are, are drafting an offensive lineman um, relatively high, maybe not necessarily first round. I know that we did that, what, last, or two years ago. Yeah. Um, but I've – you know, going back to what Todd was saying, the fact that there's not really a standout defensive 
lineman right now. That's why I've sort of been on the bandwagon to the potential of Atlanta maybe trading trading that fourth pick to maybe pick up a you know an additional first round pick maybe somewhere in the teens because then I feel like you could get potentially a value you know a value quarterback maybe at that point I don't know who will still be available I feel like these quarterbacks are going to go quickly at least these you know the top four or five guys um and then potentially yeah I mean you could still get an offensive lineman there or you could maybe again get more of a value of a of a defensive lineman or a linebacker at that point so um but as far as the offensive lineman I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it so but I'm not you know certainly not against it yeah, um, I would. I, I, I think I'm in the same camp as you are, Zach. It's just like, and in Utah, it would be. It's a need, and if they go that route, so he obviously saw Terry Fontenot. Obviously saw something, like you said, too. Maybe Justin Fields is off the board. You know, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't think offensive lines ever a sexy pick anyway. I don't think, regardless of when, like you're always looking for that skill position guy. I think if you're a fan, right, but. I mean, it, it. we need it. I mean, we do need it for sure, but I just don't know if, if that's something we need to fill with the first pick this year or not. Two years ago, they picked Chris Lindstrom in the first round from Boston College, which is, you know, a known offensive lineman uh, producing school. And then they trade back into the first round in a later you know, later on in the first round and pick up someone no one ever heard of. We've heard of Chris Lindstrom and they, you know, ESPN had a highlight reel ready. You know how on draft night they'll have the highlight film ready just to plug it in and rock and roll. It felt like they were digging in the truck for Caleb McGarity's film. They're like, Oh man, we gotta, we gotta come up with something with this guy right here. But yeah, um, that was a strange deal. I'm not saying McGarity's not going to work out, but his, He's still growing. He's still learning. But it looks like Christian Lindstrom is the real deal. But like you said, it's not sexy at all. I mean, it's like buying underwear. It's like I hate buying underwear. But in the morning, it's 6 o'clock in the morning, you got to get out the door. Really not like having a nice pair of underwear. So, like, it's, uh, you know, it's it's not sexy but a need. And, dude, if you think about it, it would be four out of the five offensive linemen would be first-round picks. Um and well, it depends on if if Alex Mack walks, um, and you would have Chris Hennessy. He was a third round pick, but still, I mean, you would have four, like you said, four, four of the five offensive linemen would be first round picks. So I don't know that would, that would you know set the set the tone, set the precedent for taking a running back later on in the draft. Trey Sermon, the kid from um, uh, UNC play so good so anyway i agree with both of y'all for on the offensive lineman deal um okay so matthew stafford they the whole thing has already happened but matthew stafford they mutually broke up you know what that means um they mutually decided to part ways and they end up trading him it was interesting that he vetoed any trade except for new or no no he would accept any trade because he had a no trade clause that he would like to go anywhere else except for New England. Did you hear that? Yeah, and I think that probably had to do with his former head coach now being Matt back Patricia. on staff at New England. Yeah, Matt, he, Matt Patricia. Yeah, yeah, Matt Patricia. He he didn't want any part of that. I think he hated him. He hated his style of play. Like he just didn't want any part of being in the offense anymore. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay, Makes so 
Yeah, and so the 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 Rams gave up uh, a, a first next year, a first in twenty twenty two, and a and second. Wait. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. This year. It was two first rounds. Two yeah, firsts in a second. So what was? Oh yeah, and Jerry Goff. So what? Knowing that, with no, I'm putting you on the spot with no research at all. What would be a realistic offer for Matt Ryan? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's really a market there, just based on everything I've seen so far. I mean. You might be able to get something, but just with the cap hit and everything like that, too, I, I think it's going to be hard. He's three years older than Matt, or is, or is it four years? He's either three or four years older than Matthew Stafford. So you lose some um, some uh, ability to make a deal just just with that, just with those extra years on the contract. Matthew Stafford still probably has eight to ten years left. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you might be able to get – I'd say at best, you're not going to get a first-rounder from Matt Ryan. You might be able to get maybe some second and third rounders, but I don't think you're going to get a first rounder. Okay. I've just seen where it was. But obviously, the news of the day, I guess, it came across the wire. I don't know how much news it was. It was It's official now. Even we, we've went over this before, too, of like how official official is. But Matt Ryan and Julio Jones will not be traded officially. That happened today, I think, that some reporter reported that, which is like – we knew that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of – that would be a hard – that would be a hard sell. Julio would have been – I think Zach, of like what you've said before, is Julio would be the most appealing and the most re- realistic of, of the trading candidates. So, um, so did you ever play – Zach, did you ever play EA Sports college football? Man, every year from the 2001 game – Really, I had, I had a cop. I had a copy of that from '01 to to the 2014. No kidding. The last one. Yeah. I did not. That was like that, that was my birthday present, like every year, because it always came out like in mid July. Yeah, my birthday was July 23rd, so that was like my birthday present every year. What about yeah. you? What about you, Todd? Yeah, I have every copy of that game from 1997 all the way up to 2013. Well, Todd. You you probably will be happy then that they're announcing they're rebooting twenty twenty fourteen. I think they're rebooting twenty the actual year twenty fourteen. Uh, EA Sports, you know, it's NCAA uh, college football. So uh, yeah, be I, in. I read that today. They're bringing it back. I I, I don't know when though. It's going to be a little while, and they might not have the actual rosters like they used to. They probably won't be able to do like the likeness of the players until that stuff gets passed. You know, eventually right. players are going to be able to get paid. So there is an eventuality to that that you yeah. will actually have the name of likeness and the players are going to get paid for that. But for now, you might just have uh, non uh, likeness type players in the game. Yeah. So I'm just curious. I'm, you know, obviously that's hilarious that, um, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know why that all of a sudden became you know, the big news this week, but yeah, it was it was uh, it's pretty cool to see them come into their senses, and it was a beloved game, and it was fun, just just fun. It was, ga- it was, just it was fun. GameStop last week, and now it's uh, NCAA. Dude, man, this GameStop <laughs> thing, man, is crazy. Like Robin Hood and all that stuff. It's like what crazy times we're living in, man. 
just the whole either. the whole deal. Like the internet is undefeated. I say that probably once yeah. a day. Like mm-hmm. the internet's undefeated. As much as I'm on as much as I'm on Twitter during the day, I, I agree. Just yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff I read is just ridiculous. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um the big games this weekend coming up. Sunday, it's probably late again, dude. It gets what's time? I don't even know what time it starts. It's probably eight. Or, no, it's not that late. late. It's like six thirty. Six thirty. Uh, yeah. Okay, I take it back. It's always an appropriate. It's always an appropriate. It's not like true prime time, I guess. And that's what I love about the Super Bowl is that it always you you're you know the game's going to be over before ten o'clock, which is yeah. great. You're not, you're not up till midnight, you know, yeah. watching the 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 college football game or the you know the Final Four basketball. So it's I, nice. I think they should amend that. I think they should really take a look at college football national championship. I think they should move it somewhere. And I know it's in a bad spot with the playoffs and the playoffs just NFL playoffs just dominate the ratings. But you got, I mean, that's way too late, bro. I cannot do that. People take I the day. They move it to a Saturday instead of a Monday. They always play it on a Monday. Well, the I mean, championship basketball games always on a Monday. I just, you know, I, I just wish they'd move it to a Saturday. Yeah, the main reason they don't do that is because of the NFL. Right. The NFL has dibs on – because it's typically the double triple header – well, not triple header. It's typically uh, the double header. Is, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. guess that's right. Yeah, I guess that's when the playoffs – Well, heck, have them, have them start in the morning. With, <laughs> I, I like – dude, I like watching those uh, London games before church, like 9 a.m. <laughs> you remember those? Have they done that, have they done that recently? No. I mean, London's – that's been a minute, COVID. right? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, they locked everything down. You can't even go to Canada. Yeah, but no. But what I'm saying, did they do that last oh. year? Did they do London games last year? I'm pretty sure. I don't did remember. They, did they talk? No, I don't think so. I don't think they had any London games last year because of COVID. Yeah. No, I guess I, when I say last year, last I year like being 2019. Sorry. Oh, 2019 yeah. they did, yeah. 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 Oh, and I think they, they, exactly. and yeah, I think they branched out to Mexico City, I think, too. So. Yes, I did, um, yeah. All right, so the big games this um, this weekend, and um, I think we ought to do spend some time, and I think we should do some score predictions. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of storylines to go on to this one. Obviously, Tom Brady, his grade is uh, you know he's kind of aggravating, but he is a very respectable talent, and I don't think that the national media is doing a good enough job of creating enough drama across the airwaves between was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady who was, who made them, who made new England successful. I don't think they've pitted them against each other enough. And so the great debate, well, I don't know the great debate anymore. <laughs> Tom Brady's going to the Super Bowl and Bill Belichick didn't make the playoffs. So um, who was it though? What, who was the secret sauce? I mean, right now it, it looks like Tom Brady, but I still think it's a small sample size. Like, it's easy to just exaggerate and say Tom Brady was definitely the guy, but give Belichick a little bit of time, let him get a real quarterback in there, and let's see what happens. I mean, Cam Newton was a little bit past his prime, I think, um, depending on who they can get. Because, I mean, they've had good seasons. Yeah, I go back to the year that Tom Brady was hurt, and they didn't make the playoffs, but I thought they went 10-6 and six in 2008. Matt Castle. Yeah, they had Matt and, Castle as their yeah. quarterback. And they went 10-6 and six and, and messed down the playoffs, but they were still a very competitive team. So, I still don't really think we know that for sure yet. Like, I mean, Tom Brady's definitely like a 
generational talent, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. But I'm not counting uh, Bill Belichick out yet either. What about you, Chris? Or, wow, Zach, dollar in a jar. Sad boy. Sad boy. Sad boy. (laughs) You got me. I agree agree with Todd. It's not a big enough sample size. I mean, of course, you know, you know, jumping the gun, you know, a lot of people would say Tom Brady just because of what he's done this year. But you've got to think about what what Bill Belichick through the years, just the teams that he built around Tom Brady. And I know that they obviously both of the, both of those individuals had influences on, I'm sure, who got drafted and all this stuff. But you got to, you know, give the respect to Belichick. And um, and then also just the team that, that, that Brady – I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, but now with Tampa Bay – they, how many players did they add just after Brady? You know, they added right. another key three or four players, just Antonio Brown, and, yeah, right, you know, yeah. Fournette, you know, those Fournette. guys. And so, um, Rob Kukowski. So you, right, exactly. So I think it's, you know, again, it's still up in the air at this point. Um, it, it would be really hard for me to, you know, say one way or the other. I think they both definitely, definitely uh, benef- benefited from each other. So. Yeah, I look uh, early in, in Tom Brady's career in, to, with the Patriots of the defenses that the Bill Belichick built around him. I mean, you could go as far as to say that Tom Brady was an actual game manager in the first probably two Super Bowls um, that he would. He, I mean, it just, I mean that's not a backhand compliment, but he was, you know, basically just don't lose this. But I mean, obviously he's blossomed and he's one of the greatest ever. And um, but. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I think the synergy really helped. I mean, it's just the way they worked together was, uh, I think, something special. They maybe not one independent. Maybe there's no real answer. Maybe they're great together. I don't know. But like you said, there's small sample size. It's hard to point the finger. But I don't think Stephen A. Smith and all the other, like, inflammatory journalism that people have done a good enough job of bidding them against each other in war so that's- the, the last thing i'll say about it too is you got to think about it you got to think about tampa bay last year and then ten, in 2019 in tampa bay this still year. top obviously, 10 huge, yeah right still top 10 defense but obviously on the offensive side of the ball huge upgrade right mm-hmm. and with the patriots the complete opposite obviously a huge downgrade i mean and that's no knock on cam newton i'm obviously a former well, MVP, but in, in that system huge downgrade and so it's just to me like i said it's not really a fair apples you know, to oranges right right uh so is tom grady tom grady is tom brady Sad boy. is he the, <laughs> think, man coin jar coin jar yeah um is he the greatest of all time or would you go uh who would you – give me top three. We don't have to do top fives. We could do a top three – or top four, like a Mount Rushmore deal. Um, top four quarterbacks of all time. Top four quarterbacks of all time? Yeah, totally um, on the spot. I, okay, I'd go Tom Brady number one. I mean, I okay. think he's proven himself. As many Super Bowls as he's been in, as many yards as he's thrown for, I think he's clearly number one. I go Joe – I would go – well, actually, I'd probably go Peyton Manning number two, honestly. Um, okay. He didn't go to as many Super Bowls, but, man, he put up some tremendous Dude, monster, stats. Monster stats. Um, I would go Joe Montana, number Joe three. Monta- Joe Montana. Joe, okay. Joe Montana. And then um, I'd probably – I don't know. The fourth one would be a little bit tougher. I mean, I'd probably go Steve Young. Steve Young, the old, the old lefty. Young. Okay. Yeah. All right. Zach. 
Yeah, the I would I definitely agree with the the top three. Um, you know, number four. This is probably just because I'm a little biased because I was a, a huge fan, but I would say like Brett Favre. Oh yeah, but, man. But I mean, if yeah. that's just me, you know, obviously yeah. gunslinger. I was just I was just a huge Brett Favre fan. Yeah, um, for sure. So, um, yeah, top two, uh, un, unarguable would be. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. I mean, Joe Montana, it's not a bad one, but then you could do, um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, you could do the, you know, uh, you could go Drew Brees there if you wanted to. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't want to be prison. Yeah. You, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's, there's an argument there, but I do like the Brett Favre aspect. Just played forever, gritty, got a Super Bowl. Um. Yeah, I probably go. I like Brett Favre right there. That's. Yeah. He, he was. I mean, and you could even go Dan Marino. I mean, obviously, just because he he doesn't get the respect just because he didn't. He never won. The, or Matt Ryan. One. You can go but, Matt Ryan right there too if you wanted yeah, to. I mean, you, uh yeah, you no. Could <laughs> you could no. Throw. No. You look like got a bitter beer face there, Todd. Jeez. Like, you I mean, Matt Ryan. Up. Matt Ryan is unquestionably the greatest Falcons quarterback of all time. I mean, I think yeah. it's really just him or Michael Vick. I think Mike those would, would be the two people you'd put in there. But um, I wouldn't put him there. And then my problem with Brett Favre would be that he threw a lot of interceptions. I mean, he was a gunslinger, though, uh, no question. Who, who else did y'all say? Like, uh, who was Marino. the other quarterback? Marino. Oh, damn. Well, Marino just didn't have the championship pedigree, but he put up the numbers. I mean, that, right. I, I think with me, Joe Montana, he has the championship pedigree. Right. Um, no Troy Aikman yeah, there? It, uh, Troy Aikman, I think, I think the talent around him was so great that it would have been awfully hard to fail in that position. I mean, Troy Aikman was a good quarterback, but he had – I mean, look, he had all kinds of guys around him. He had uh, – Emmitt Smith. He had Michael Irving. Michael he had Emmitt Smith. He had yeah. Jimmy Johnson as the head coach. And, and I – yeah, you know, Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders. I mean, they were great on defense. They were just as good on defense as they were on offense. For so sure. I, I don't think you could put Troy Aitman there. Yeah, me neither. Uh, you know, um, interesting. We uh, top three is pretty solid, and then um, I don't know. It's a debate on number four. Yeah, some debate on number four, but all good names. Okay, so you got the Tampa Bay storylines, and then you got Kansas City with all their weapons and Elberton's finest, Elberton's <laughs> own Miko Harvin. Yeah. Um, um, I so I I drive through Elberton once a week, and um, there's a sign now that's like posted. It's like home of uh, Miko Harmon. So that's pretty cool. Um, so you got Patrick Mahomes and all the weapons and all the speed that they bring. That um, and and now they can run the ball a little bit. I don't know, man. This is. This is going to be a tough one. It's going to boil down. I think it's going to. I think it's going to boil down to defense, man. For real, I think I, I think it really is going to boil down to defense and who could get enough stops. And for that, I trust Tampa Bay's defense more than I trust Kansas City's defense. Which, you know, that's crazy to say, but like, I trust Tampa's defense more than I trust Kansas City's. I mean, Kansas City's defense. So, I don't know. Well, I think that's legit. That's legit anyway. Yeah, Kansas City's weak in any area is definitely on defense. Yeah, and then I mean, and then it comes down to—I I mean, not comes down to—but play calling 
I mean, Andy Reid is like in because he has all the, the, the trust and the and he has such a, the reign over the playbook, just being creative and calling the trickerations that will Bruce Arians be willing to think think outside the box in the big game? How much shrinkage is going to be with Bruce Arians as a head coach? So I don't know. All right. Yeah, I think I think a lot with this game real quick just goes down to in regards to Kansas City, I think if they control the tempo, um, time of possession deal, I think that Kansas City will win the game. And that's who I, I'm going to predict Kansas City winning. But um, I don't know if you're ready for score prediction. Yeah, let's do it. Like at this point. Yeah. Um, mine would be 27-24 Kansas City. Tight. Tight one, huh? Tight one. Okay. Yeah. Not, a, not, a, not necessarily a shootout because I think the defense is going to – Bow up a little bit. Um, yeah, but I mean, you got you got to remember who we're talking about here too. We're talking about you know Brady and Mahomes. Uh, they're definitely going to put up some points. Uh, yeah. there's, there's too many too many weapons on the offensive side of the ball on both teams. Yeah, Todd. Okay, here it goes. Um, all right, so I'm actually 50, going fifty-eight to. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Forty-one. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a lower-scoring game. Um, I'm going to go back to the regular season matchup between the two teams back in December. It was in that game you really could see Tampa Bay was starting to get things together and, and starting to play well. And um, I just – you know, Kansas City, I definitely think it's the better team in this game. But I just can't get over the Tom Brady factor and Tom Brady winning another championship. I mean, everything sits right for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is at home in the Super Bowl – Tom Brady is their quarterback. Tom Brady will not be denied in this game. I'm going to actually go 27 to 24 also, but with Tampa Bay winning instead of uh, Kansas City. You know, that's – yeah. that that I think that's right around the mark that I've I've picked out as well um, in, in, in that area. But uh, I'm probably going to go um, a little higher, going 32-28. And then I think it's going to be – Kansas City I think Pat Mahomes goes back to back they got a lot of maybe a couple busted plays a couple cheap points be decided back there Nico Harmon whatever um but like you said I think um I think the defense it's good I mean obviously 20 32 points is maybe not as as high of scoring but um yeah I think um I I think Patrick Mahomes will be too much for the Tampa Bay defense so We'll see how it goes, man. And uh, I can't. How many? We should like make a bet of how many times they mention the Tampa Bay is at home. Like you know, like prop bets. It's like you know how many times that gets mentioned, or you know something else. It's like oh, the Falcons always end up getting brought up in these super in these these big games. And I like to just hey, the first Falcons joke that happens, I turn the dog on TV off, man. I I can't handle it. That's right. Especially with Tom Brady playing, you know, there's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, Tom Brady. Do you remember back four years ago? Do you remember 2016? And I bet you'll see highlights of the game, too, of Tom Brady coming back and winning that game. I bet that will also play in a factor. I hope they just talk about Kyle Shanahan, though. That's my only thought. Like, no, they won't say anything Kyle about Shanahan Kyle Shanahan blew two Super Bowls, yeah. Well, you know, they could talk about Matt LaFleur and uh, go back to his uh, play calling in that Green Bay game, that NFC Championship game. Yeah. 
and I will say this with Tom Brady, you know you're gonna and I and this is where I would agree with Todd. You know you're gonna get Tom Brady's best. You know that he's not gonna have a game like he did in the champion the NFC championship game. You know it's uh you're gonna be getting his best and and, and so it's hard to it's hard to argue against Todd in that regard, but uh, I'm gonna still like I said, I'm gonna stick to my guns. I thought Kansas City with the uh, you know, the the young uh, offense, the young uh, quarterback, the half bit. What do they call him? The half billion dollar man. Yeah. Um, so I would have never guessed. Be, that I'm excited. Tampa, Tampa Bay um, would have got past Green Bay. I thought Green Bay was going to boat race them. And uh, ah, but I told you, I told you, Stan. I predicted you that result. You, you definitely did, and I, I definitely, uh, you know, you definitely get credit for that. But I was just like, man. The, the the controlling and the good game plan of that defense, the defensive line, Jason Pierre-Paul, just enough pressure to be everything be uncomfortable, kind of kind of set the plays up faster than you want to. Like that was their you know, push the pocket. So just making him uncomfortable the whole time. And Devontae Adams didn't, you know, didn't, I mean, obviously didn't get all that he could. You know, was, I don't know. It's just. Uh, I mean, with me, Stan, I used I used the historic method of picking that game, and okay, and this is one's a lot harder with the Super Bowl, but you know, I just look back at Aaron Rodgers winning the one Super Bowl and going to four NFC Championship games and losing three of them, and I looked at Tom Brady always winning everything, so I was like, okay, Tom Brady's gonna beat Green Bay. I mean, that's that's how I did it, really. I mean. All right, so your some predictions are around the horn is Zach going. Uh, going Kansas City. I got Kansas City, and Todd's got Tampa Bay. All right. Yeah, and and by the way, the best you can do against me is tie. So I'm the outright winner if Tampa Bay wins this game. Oh wow! Just so, you right, so you you will be the outright winner of the entire season, by the way, because you won the yeah. regular season too. So um, that's right. I don't know what your prize will be. Maybe you get all the the coins I had to put in the jar this week. Uh, yeah, just curious though. So, has anybody heard Rob Gronkowski's reason for retiring from New England? Has anybody heard that? No. What is I it? heard it today. So apparently there was an off-season move that was in play to send Rob Gronkowski to Detroit. And they called him and said, hey, we're going to trade you to Detroit. He said, no, you're not because I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so that's why he retired because he was going to go to Detroit. And then he went on a booze cruise and lost 40 pounds. Yeah, and since he retired, New England retained his rights, and there you go. He's in Tampa now. He's in Tampa now, and he even looks – he doesn't even look the same. No. He just, he just don't even look the same. All right, boys, I appreciate y'all jumping on tonight. Um, guys, if you uh, – Falcons fans, if you, you like what you heard, go ahead and like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And until next time, Falcons fans, rise up.